they are not going to pull the trigger and be bullied or pressured into a one-call close. Yeah. I may be able to grow my business, grow my profitability, and not need another crew because I'm actually more productive with the crew that I have. There isn't any metric that isn't served by having a two-call sales process and a follow-up mechanism in place. think that uh, the demographics are, are changing, the one call, two call close, the I think, uh, I think so. entrance of the millennials. Absolutely. Uh, what we might say, uh, Gen X, um, the, the web, the information that's out there, the confusion that that creates in, in a lot of cases. I mean, do, do you guys think that that's contributing to the idea that... I'm looking behind the cameras here and I see three Gen Xers or maybe millennials. Millennials. They yeah. do not by the way old school guys do right they're more thoughtful right by the way a whole different topic they're thinking about social impact and issues that i never considered yep. buying stuff yep. sure but they're thinking about the social impact and mm -hmm. global impact of their purchases their activities in a way that probably you know baby boomers never did they are not going to pull the trigger and be bullied or pressured into a one call close yeah they're just not which supports the idea of your one call presentation maybe adapting itself to include some of that stuff, right? And then yeah. the, and the follow-up becomes crucial. Is it, but, so if, in, in other words, if it's flipped to 60% two call close because of the nature of how the consumer is driving the purchase decision, yeah. you, you gotta be doing rehash, you gotta be doing some sort of a yeah. follow-up system the, that works for the One of the things that we do client. when we're doing the initial presentation, we measure the house, we don't do the load calc initially. Yeah. If we get to a situation that it's not a good opportunity, then we'll say, well, I got to go back, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, and do my load calc and get some, can I come back and present to you again? You have a much better chance because the relation, now you're, you're someone they know coming back. Uh, you mentioned with the, the company you were working with that they're presenting the numbers, everything on that first call. If you're not going to sell on the first call, and you can typically find out through the classic yeah. intention statement, is there any reason you couldn't let me know tonight? Well, no, I'm not going to let you know tonight. I got three guys coming tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, then don't give away all the goods. Exactly. With wholesome information. Uh, you had some comments on that, Drew, I could tell. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the top selling residential salesperson in the country, I just watched a video uh, series with him uh, last week. He was being interviewed by a colleague of mine, Tom Piscatelli. And so this gentleman, he's up in the Northeast. He's up in New England, in the New England area, and he sells $9 million a year, residential, right? Runs a thousand leads a year. It's ridiculous. But a lot of it's, Tech generated leads and service agreement customers and stuff Still like that. Pretty good revenue he's, for leads, though. He's, nine, nine he's crushing it. It's not, not too shabby. He's crushing it, right? Fifty percent closing ratio, which is is healthy. And he Average believes. Ticket of eighteen thousand. Do the math. And yeah, you, go. you got it. He believes if he goes above fifty percent closing ratio, he needs to raise his prices. And I'd say if you go above seventy-five, raise your prices, right? Of all of all the leads that you run. Right. Exactly. But you, you know, he says it as well. He he finds out during the call what's the customer's intentions, and then he sets it up. Uh, you know, to go back. He says, it would be reckless of me to, you know, to give this information to you uh, and then ask you to present it to your wife or to your husband, right? Because I want to make sure that you all have uh, equal opportunity to consider all this information because this is a large investment. I mean, if you think about it, kids and college aside, this is like the third largest purchase you ever get to make in your life, right? You buy the house, you buy the car. Most people don't have the pools and the boats and things like that. They're not making you know large uh, extravagant jewelry purchases and swimming pools and stuff like that. But you know, you don't have to replace your roof unless the roof leaks. You don't have to replace your windows unless the windows leak. And you don't have to replace them all, right? 
But if you're hitting a cooling system dies, you got to replace it. Pretty much all or nothing. Right. And we're talking tickets now. I mean, to do it right, 10 to 20,000 easily, yeah. easily, right? So customers are going to give a little bit of pause to this. It's interesting though. We've talked about it on the Ask the Experts calls, how during this pandemic uh, that just, you know, we're getting coming out of, that people were talking about running virtual sales calls. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to let the customer t tell you how to do business? We're, we're talking major surgery on their house. This is not the time to kind of take a shortcut, right? right? You don't know till you go. You don't know what the code issues are. You don't know what the health hazards are, the safety you know, situations in the house. You don't know if the duct system's adequate or not, especially for today's technology, because yesterday's technology was not, you know, was designed at a time and duct systems were designed at a time when we didn't think about variable speed and stage equipment and inverters and modulating systems and so forth and so on. Yeah, so fast forward to today, I'm gonna to put a high efficient piece of equipment on a low efficient home and a low efficient duct system. I know a lot of contractors do because that's that's what they want to do. They want to sell a box. Right. It's an easy way out. It's an easy way out. And so, yes, if if that's who the three of us are, if we're all box changers, then by all means, go play that game. But see, I'm not that guy. I'm the value builder. And I'm going to teach a customer how to buy and where value comes from. And I'm going to look and sound and feel different. And I'm going to come out with, like we talked in another episode, with the tools and technology and the math and the science and the facts and the data and the third-party articles that support my case and just discredit you completely without bashing you as a contractor. Right. And I'll just say, I mean, you could do business with those guys, right? But here's if we focus in on monthly payment as well, and we, we, can, we can fix a complete house for less than your cell phone bill. Right. And um, if we go that route and we teach customers that process and we teach our, our, our contractors that process, they can make more with what they've got and they can get they can create a better experience for the customer. They get a better result for the customer. They get a better result for their company. They get a better reputation for their company. You know, there, there isn't any metric that isn't served by having a two call sales process and a follow up mechanism in place. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if we do what you just said. I may be able to grow my business, grow my profitability, and not need another crew because I'm actually more productive with the crew that I have based on your process that you just described. Guys are looking for work every day. I, I, I go into companies and I create backlogs, okay? And I, that's a good problem to have, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, now you need the other crew, yes. But you can solve every problem in your business. But if I couldn't find the crew, yeah, I'm looking at that just as a straight line problem, yeah. it, it, it actually, the math works out. Every time. I want to comment on something you said about trying to present to a husband and then the husband trying to present to the wife or something along those lines. I was on a call uh, last summer. I was training a guy out in California for a client and I was actually running the call to teach, teach him. And it was a, a one-legger, it was the husband, but because I didn't want to schedule a follow-up because that was my one chance to teach this guy, I wanted him to see the presentation. If I'd have been in a traditional situation in my company, I would have scheduled a follow-up. But uh, I get down to the end, I'm probably two and a half hours in, and I ask for the order. And the guy tells me, uh, well, I gotta talk to my wife. His name was Jesse. We had built a fantastic relationship. He was, uh, I was living in California, grew up in Chicago, tough guy, south side of Chicago, came to California, uh, was in a lot of trouble when he was a kid, came to California, cleaned up his act, went to work as a de uh, Department of Corrections cop, right? Did that for a number of years and got attacked in prison and was so badly beaten, was in recovery for two years. I mean, it was terrible. But we had this conversation about that and, 
and, and, and parenting and just, you know, I'm all about the relationship on the sales lead, right? When I go to closing, he says, of course, I got to talk to my wife. And I said, Jesse, because I had the relationship with him, I could have this conversation. You couldn't have this conversation in 45 minutes. I said, Jesse, let me ask you a question. When did you decide that you wanted to buy from me, that you would buy from me? We're in our conversation. He said, about an hour ago. I said, so you're telling me it took me an hour and a half to earn your trust, you know, that you would want to buy from me. He goes, yeah. I said, listen, how do you expect to be able to communicate that to your wife in five minutes? It took me an hour and a half. I said, Jesse, I haven't earned the right for your business yet. I get that. But I feel like I've earned the right to talk to your wife. Just give me a fighting chance. What do you say? And he said, okay. And uh, we ended up having to get on the phone and we closed the deal. When you have the relationship with people, you can ask them tough questions like, don't you think I've earned the right to at least talk to your wife, Mr. Homeowner? That's all about sales fundamentals 101, right? Yeah. Stuff that I learned from you 15 years ago and you've talked to you know, thousands of people. It's the basic element, right? You gotta present in the best situations. If you don't have a situation to close, you probably need to follow up. Don't give away all your pricing and all the best information until you have a chance to close. And if you do present and you don't close, you best be following up. I don't care again, technology, grinding the phones, rehash, I don't care. But you gotta follow up because there's a ton of business out there. Yeah, no doubt. And the you, you mentioned something a little bit ago. At what point does does an opportunity turn over, you know, become a I called it a house account, right? And so back at Cameron and Sons back in the day, and I still do this with my clients, is my thing is is if we think about this the way most customers buy buy this we have to realize that they have life going on right and so they call us maybe they call a couple other companies right but if they're going to do this this isn't like they're they're sitting around on a thursday night and saying susan what are we doing tonight i don't know what do you want to do i don't know how about we invite some hvac guys out you know just for some kicks and grins and get some quotes on something we have no intention of buying right right i mean if they're going to look into this, even the, even the gray hairs, right? The purple hairs, you know, the older guys that are you know, meeting you at the home show and they got nothing better to do, right? <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they want some entertainment and make a friend. But other than that, uh, you know, people have an intention to do something, probably. Unless all of you show up, y'all look and sound exactly alike, say the exact same things. And I'm just more confused by the end of this. You know, the, the most number of quotes I ever heard a customer got was 18, mm. right? And by the end of it, the customer was more confused than when they began, right? So somebody needs to step up and stand out. And that's, that's a conversation that we had on a previous uh, unfiltered episode. But in, in regards to this, my belief is if this is going to happen, odds are this is going to happen probably within two to three weeks max at the most, right? From the time they make the calls to the time they make their final decision. So my belief is, is that when they get your information, okay, that's the point of relevancy you start to lose relevancy after that. So if I give you all the information today and I leave, my relevancy to you goes down, right? So I wanna stay in that game and I wanna stay as relevant to your process. Cause this is not about me wanting to sell today cause I got a crew I gotta to fill tomorrow. I gotta to make, I gotta make bonus or budget this month or something like that, where I got a slot open or you know, whatever, right? I wanna make the deal today. I need to pay my mortgage, whatever it is. No, it's not of that. Right? It's about your process as a consumer, and I, I have to match that process, not you know, adapt my sales process. So I said to the, my guys back in the, the early to mid-90s, I said, I'm going to give you two weeks from the date you quote it. So if you go out today and you don't quote it today, 
and you scheduled yourself to go back next Tuesday because that's what you figured was going to happen. Okay, now you've got another week, but you quoted on Tuesday, the clock starts ticking. Right. At the end of two weeks from that date of the, you know, the quote date, I'm taking that back. That becomes a house account. Now, if we, we sell it internally, you'll get 50% commission because you still have to go back, do the, pay sure. back in the day, it was paperwork, right? Go back, do the paperwork, do the financing, whatever, come in. And then of course my sales coordinator, she would get a piece of the action. And then of course a piece of it would come back to the company because I had that added expense now, right? But I said two weeks and to this day, I think that still holds pretty well. You know, lock it down from the day, you know, from two weeks to the day of when they give the quote and then it becomes a house account. You talked about relevance and remaining relevant after the, the presentation. Uh, one of the things I've always said and believed is that we, we all know sales is about relationships, right? Yep. The relationship never gets stronger after we leave. Yeah. It never magically gets better after we leave. Yeah. It starts to decline, it starts to wane. So we really have to find a way to remain relevant and to stay in that conversation with the follow-ups, phone calls, emails, whatever, to stay relevant. It's a great way to express it to stay relevant during that two or three week period they're making that decision. Yep. And we can't just drop off bids and take the low hanging fruit because there's a whole lot of business out there on that second, third, fourth call. I mean, think about it this way. How many, I mean, I, I, I actually was out here with the company that you worked for, but after you had left, there was a gentleman by the name of Gary and I went on a ride along with him and he went in the house and he had given a lot of information on the initial visit, but we're on the second visit and he's actually going to give numbers this time. And he quotes the job to the guy, but he doesn't talk about any warranties and guarantees. And I was, you know, I'm just listening. I'm in a ride along situation. I'm just listening. I'm a little, a little confused by it, but I'm, I'm listening. And the guy says, well, I got a quote from somebody else. And you know what? They're giving me a money back guarantee. They're also giving me a no lemons guarantee. And he's going down through this list of stuff and I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm like, that's us. That's our stuff. <laughs> it's like, so Gary's like, now Gary's in defense mode, defending the price though. He's defending the number. And the guy's saying this to him. Gary, of course, doesn't know that there is no competitors in town that we're not, you know, that we're doing this at that time. And we walk out of the call and I said, I said, Gary, I said, why didn't you talk about the warranties and the guarantees and that being us? And he says, well, we talked about it on the initial call. Oh my goodness. And I said, I understood that, but I said, the, guy, the customer now thinks your value is assigned to somebody else. Right. And I said, here's the interesting thing about value, okay? Um, what I found, value is accumulative. We keep building these value you know, uh, piles, if you will. Some people call them value stacks or value proposition, whatever you want to call value it. Value chain. Value chain, whatever you want to call it, right? But we, put, we, we build this value. Here's the interesting thing about value. Value is accumulative, but it does not carry forward, okay? And by that, I mean, if I tell you all about my value proposition on the initial visit and I start you know, doing presentation while I'm diagnosing, I call that no preso while diagnoso. Mm -hmm. That's all the Italian that I know. Okay. And I say, don't do that. Don't start prescribing solutions when you're diagnosing problems. Because what happens is, is when you sit down to finally share findings and options with customers and do what people call the presentation and build all that value into it, and then talk about the price, what happens is, is they dismiss what they've already heard where most salespeople won't even represent it because they've already presented it in their mind and people forget and they forget but you think i gave that to you and here's what they think if you talk about that on the first visit and you come back on the second visit now and this is when you're presenting and you're going to give me your fifteen thousand dollar quote in my mind i say you already knew about that i already got i got that the last time so i don't even give you credit for it it's not even part of the value proposition now 
right? Because I got that on the initial visit. So you, you presented a $15,000 quote that had about $10,000 worth of value because you gave away $5,000 worth of value on the initial visit. So think about this. Value is accumulative, it keeps building, but it doesn't carry forward from one call to the next. Right. Because in their mind, there's like, I already knew that. I already got that. So make sure when you start sharing this value proposition, do it all at once in proximity to the, the quoting of the price and then wrap it in a blanket of security with all your war warranties and guarantees. And your best Beautiful. bet is to do that with a small monthly number. Good stuff. Good stuff right there, man. You talk about little pearls of wisdom that are worth millions of dollars right millions. there. No prezo, while diagnoso. That's really good stuff. No comprendo. <laughs> now you went straight up Spanish on us. We're Italian, man. <laughs> oh, no, I Italian. I'm Irish and Scottish. <laughs> so. yeah, what the hell I am. My, my wife got me one of those uh, 23andMe things. But, my, you know, but the DNA thing. I'm like, I'm not putting my in some database somewhere. She's like, you're already in there. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> been there you're on years. the grid. <laughs> I'm on the grid, right? You're in the grid. <laughs> I always joke around with my background. Like if my wife dies in a plane crash, like in China, I'm probably going to jail for it. Right? They're going to find a way to link it back to me, right? Because uh, well, it's a little history. So, <laughs> Guys, as always, I appreciate it. Great insight, great top knowledge, great teaching. Uh, great stuff, Drew. Thanks. Powerful, powerful stuff. It's the reason that uh, you're Drew Cameron and I'm not. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.